Hi, welcome to the Lakeside Church Weekend Messages podcast. My name is Jacob. I'm a creative arts protege here at Lakeside, and I'm super excited that you're listening with us. I want to take a quick second to let you know how Lakeside is responding to COVID-19, also known as the coronavirus. We believe that we are called to be carriers of hope and courage during times like these, and we are also called to respect our governing bodies as Christ followers. Our government has asked us to postpone our gatherings as we respond globally to COVID-19, and so we've decided to pre-record some of our gatherings so we can still worship together at home. This feed will still only feature the message portion of the gatherings, but if you want to experience our gatherings in full while you're at home, we will be live streaming them at our normal service times on the weekends, and you'll be able to watch past weekends if you missed a gathering on our website. You can find links for these videos and updated information about everything we as a church are doing to respond to COVID-19 at lakesidechurch.com and on our Facebook page. We love you, and we are super excited to see you all again soon. Good morning, everybody. Great to see you today. Happy Mother's Day, especially to those of you who are mothers. Glad you're with us today. Have you ever been someplace out of your normal context and you spotted someone that you, that you looked at and you thought, that guy looks really familiar? Several years ago, Donna and I had a sabbatical here from church and we were in Italy doing what we called a sacred architectural tour. We were traveling around the country looking at churches. And just before we left the United States to go to Italy, uh, we added one stop where we ha- that we hadn't planned on going to. We, we, I heard about this church in Milan. It's the cathedral there, or what they call the Duomo. And it's this beautiful Gothic structure in a country that's not Gothic at all. And I, I told Donna, I've got to see that cathedral. So we rerouted our trip. We planned to spend one night in Milan, and we did. And we spent the next, we got up the next morning, and we walked over to the Duomo, and we went inside, and it's just this stunning building, and I was moved to worship God while I was there. So I said, we, we walked around for a while, then I said, Donna, would you mind if I just go and sit in one of the pews up front and, then, and just reflect and worship and pray? And she goes, no, go ahead. So she wandered around the cathedral some more while I was up in front praying. And while she was wandering around, she spotted a man, and she thought to herself, that guy looks familiar. And she didn't know what else to do, and she was a little timid to go up to him and just say, hey, are you so-and-so? And so she, she stalked him. For 10 minutes, she stalked him in the cathedral in Milan until finally she was absolutely convinced it's got to be who this is. And so she called out his name, Dan. And sure enough, Dan Osier turned around and looked at Donna, and they connected. And then pretty soon, Dan found his wife, who they'd been wandering around separately in the cathedral, and uh, he called her over. So Dan and Diane Osier were there with Donna, and uh, and we had this little reunion, this great this great time together. We were there for one day. Turns out Dan and Diane were in Milan for one day, same day, but we didn't know each other would be there. We spotted each other. Donna actually spotted Dan and said, "He looks familiar." Has anybody ever come up to you out of context and said, you know, you look familiar. I I think I recognize you out of context. Sometimes people recognize me out of my context at church. I get recognized around town sometimes because I've been here for a long time. And so people will recognize me, but they usually recognize me as the pastor of a church and maybe the pastor of Lakeside Church. I always wonder, though, when someone recognizes me, I wonder if they recognize me as a pastor, or I wonder if they ever recognize me as a follower of Jesus. See, in my life, 
I want to be known as a follower of Jesus. I want, to, I want to be recognized as a follower of Jesus. I want people to see me as someone who loves Jesus. And you can tell that I love Jesus by what you see in my life. Have you ever been recognized as a follower of Jesus? So that someone goes, oh, oh you remind me of a person who must follow Jesus. Which leads me to a question, which is, well, well how would someone recognize you? What, what makes someone recognizable as a follower of Christ? There's a lot of different ideas that we have. So some people would say, well, I, I, I go to church, and you know, which is interesting now because we can't even go to church these days. So one, one crazy virus comes in, and now Christians can't go to church. You can't go to 745 Oak Avenue Parkway to be with the church. We gather online, and I'm not sure that counts. I'm not sure we're actually going to church. I know that some of you are worshiping today in your pajamas. I'm good, I'm good with that, but, but you're not at the building. So if, if going to church is the thing that defines you as a follower of Christ, we must be missing the boat somewhere. See, there's more to following Jesus than going to church. And we've certainly learned that this month. Some people say, well, I know how they'll recognize us as followers of Jesus. We keep the rules. Christians are the ones who keep the rules. Christians are the ones who do it right. And so then I go, okay, so to, to be recognized as a follower of Jesus means I don't do this, I don't do this, I don't do this, and I don't do that. I get a bunch of don'ts that I don't do, and now I'm a follower of Jesus. There are over 600 commandments in the Old Testament that people had to follow. And when Jesus came along, he didn't add a bunch of new commandments, a, a, bun, a bunch of more commandments for them to follow. And nobody follows Jesus because they look at him and they go, wow, look at this guy. He's got all these rules to follow. I can't wait to follow him. Nobody follows Jesus because of the rules. See, there's more to following Jesus than staying out of trouble. Some people think that they're recognized as followers of Jesus because they believe all the right things. They've got their doctrine down like, I believe in God the Father, Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. You know, we, we get all, I, I, I know all that stuff. I know all the doctrine. I know, I know about church doctrine and, and the Trinity, and I know about end times. I know all the doctrine. But there's more to following Jesus than knowing or believing all the right things. Some people think that we can be recognized as followers of Christ because of our politics. Like, I, I've got all the right politics down. So some people would say, oh, I, I know Jesus was all about the poor, so in my politics, I'm all about the poor. Or other people would say, oh, I know that Jesus is against abortion and he's in favor of school prayer, so I'm all about those things. So I know I'm a follower of Jesus. And yet there's nothing about following Jesus that identifies us with one particular political party. How would you be recognized as a follower of Jesus? How would anyone know that you're a follower of Jesus when they looked at you, when they looked at your life? How would they know? I believe the answer is found for us in one of our transformational questions. So we're in a series these days called Transformational Questions, and they are six questions that we're learning to ask that will transform our lives. And they, they are transformational because they clarify life for us and how we live it. So we've already looked at uh, four transformational questions. The first one was, what's your story? 
The second, who's your wingman or who's your wingwoman? The third, who's your neighbor? The fourth question, which we looked at last weekend, was what is the wise thing for me to do? And now today, I want us to take another look at at another transformational question, transformational question number five. And this question bubbles up for us when we look at one of the stories of Jesus' life at the last night of his life in John chapter 13. We'll see this question. So if you have a Bible with you, why don't you open it up? If you have your smartphone with you and you're not using it for looking at at Facebook Live right now to follow this broadcast, uh, pull it out and open up to John chapter 13. And I want to read for us verse 33 to 35. This is Jesus speaking with his disciples. He says this, My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now let's unpack that for a little bit before uh, and see if we can find out what this question is, this fifth transformational question for us. One thing you'll find out about it is there's something new about it. Jesus says, I give you a new command. Now this is the word that he used for new is a word that means you, uh, new in nature. It's, it's new in kind. It's a new kind of commandment. In fact, for us, you can't say anymore, it's a, it's a new commandment. When you follow Jesus, you follow a new commandment. You can't say it because the commandment's now 2,000 years old. It's not new in time. It's new in quality. It's new in its uniqueness. It's new in its beauty. It's new in, in this way. It leads us to reflect Jesus in our lives. When you follow this new command... You reflect Jesus in your life. And he says, it's new and it's command. It's a command. It's not a suggestion. It's not a recommendation. Hey, you guys might want to think about this. You might want to practice this. It's not like that. It's a new command. Now, there's a couple of different words in English that you can use to translate the word that Jesus used that was written down in Greek uh, to, to make sense of this. So command is one. Like, here's a command. Do this thing. And so the Old Testament has 600 plus commands in it that we have to do these things. Here's the one for the New Testament. Love, your na- uh, love one another as I have loved you. He goes, it's a command. But there's another word that describes it, which I think makes it uh, more compelling for us. And it's this. The word can be translated commission. I give you a new commission. Now, commission to me is like a, it's a challenge. It's like an adventure. It's like Jesus is saying, let's go on an adventure together. Let's do this together. A new commission I want to give to you. And I'm like, okay, I'm in. Let's get on the commission. Let's make it happen. He says, a new commission I give you. I want you to love one another. It's about love. It's all about love. Now, let's just get to it. Love initiates sacrificial action to meet the needs of others. You ever scrounge around looking for uh, a definition of love? Love, Love's sort of a slippery thing. It's sort of a feeling kind of a thing. Here's what it is. Love initiates sacrificial action to meet the needs of others. And you who are moms, you, you do this all the time. You do this every day. And you may not do it because you're a follower of Christ. You do it just because you're compelled to with your children 
most of us who are parents do this kind of thing with our children. We initiate sacrificial action to meet the needs of our children. Jesus says, I want, I want you to do that with others. I want you to do that with the people around you, the people in your oikos, your network, those 8 to 15 people God has put on the front row of your life. Do it with them. Do it for those people that you like. Do it for those people you don't like. Do it for them. Initiate sacrificial action to meet the needs of others. Because Jesus says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. See, love is the identifying feature of a follower of Christ. Going to church is not. Keeping the rules is not. Studying the Bible is not. Praying the prayer is not. Knowing the doctrines or believing the doctrines is not. Those are not the identifying marks of a follower of Christ. They're good things. They're reflective of Christ, but they're not the thing that identifies us as His followers. One thing is love. Initiating action, sacrificial action to meet the needs of of others. See, when people see love in us, they recognize Jesus in us. Donna, when she was wandering around the Duomo in Milan, she said it sure would have been easier to recognize Dan for sure if Diane had been with him. If it was Dan and Diane together, I would have known. When people see you read the Bible, they might go, wow, he's interested in the Bible. When people see you pray, they might, they might say, wow, she's, she's a prayer. She's interested in prayer. When they see us love one another, it makes them go, I, would you be a follower of Jesus? Because you look like a follower of Jesus to me. Only one thing makes the world ask that. It's if we love one another. Now, the idea for this question, our... our um, transformational question uh, comes from a book that I found from Andy Stanley called Irresistible, and I want him to set this up this way for us. He says, imagine a world where people were skeptical of what we believed, but envious of how well we treated people. And I would say that would make us look like Jesus. And Andy writes, while folks outside our faith community may be critical of what we believe, they would be envious of how well we treat one another and stunned by how well we treat them. And I would say that would make us look like Jesus. Love marks us as followers of Christ. Now, some of you will say, well, I, I, I love people. I, I, I do. I, I, love, I love people that are like me, or I love people that like me. Now, they said that to Jesus when he was teaching, too, and he said, well, you know, whoop-de-doo, nice job, because even the pagans do that. You're not special because you love the people that love you. You are not special because you love the people that are like you. You're not special because you love the people that believe the same things you believe or obey the same commands you obey. You're not special because you love them. You are known as a follower of Christ because you love people who are not them. He goes, I want you to love one another and I want you as one to love another. And that's what he calls us to. See, we're called to carry, we're called to love people who carry a different card. You ever notice people carry different cards? Maybe, maybe not literally, but metaphorically. We, we all have different cards. 
Some people carry the Democrat card. Some people carry the Republican card. Some people carry the concealed weapon card. Some people carry the black card. Some people carry the white card. Some people carry the Hispanic card. Some people carry the gay card. Some people carry the rich card. Some people carry the poor card. There's all these different cards that people carry. And Jesus commissions me. He commissions you to love those people who carry a different card. Which leads to a transformational question. Transformational question number five, which is this. If I'm called to love others, if I'm commissioned by Christ to love others, if loving others, even when they're not like me or believe like me or practice like me, even then, when I love others... Here's the question. What does love require of me? What does love require of me? I was on a bike ride the other day, riding around Folsom, and uh, I had to stop by the church to pick up something from church. I've got all these little things at church that I now need in my basement here at home uh, to be able to do what we're doing online. And so I had to stop by the church and pick something up. And I was coming down South Lexington uh, Drive, and I was going to turn left into the church, but I didn't want to cut across through traffic. There's not a lot of traffic out there right now, but I was trying to be careful. And so I, when I got about in front of the mosque right next door to our church building, I realized there was no cross traffic, and so I, I, could, I could turn left freely. And so I turned left into the parking lot of the mosque with the goal of going around to Lakeside's parking lot. And as soon as I pulled in to the front door area of the mosque, it struck me. Immediately, I thought, God, we, we missed it. How did we miss it? How do we get so distracted by the commands and the practices and the going to church and the things we believe? How do we get so distracted that we forgot to love our neighbor? How do we get so distracted that we forgot to love our enemy? How do we get so distracted that we forgot to love people who carry a different card than we carry? How do we miss it? And then I was studying for this talk this week and preparing for what we were going to talk about. And I was reading this passage that we read in John 13. And I want to I read it for you again and add one more verse so you catch the impact of what happened to Jesus' disciples then which reflects what happens to us as disciples today. John 13, verse 33, Jesus says, My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so now I tell you, where I'm going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another. As I've loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? <laughs> I, I'd never seen that before. I, I've landed on the, on the command that Jesus gave or this new commission that he gave. I've landed on that for 40 years watching like, what's that about? What's that about? But I get so distracted by the commission or the command, I never notice what happened to Peter. So here's the sequence of what goes on. Jesus, this is the last night of his life. He's going to die on a cross tomorrow. The disciples don't know it, but Jesus knows. And so he says to his disciples, I'm, I'm not going to be with you very much longer. And so I want to give you a new command. Love one another. This is the most important thing. Love one another. And Peter says, 
Gee, Lord, where are you going? Because I want to go. Peter got distracted. He missed the most important thing Jesus said. Love one another. This is how the world's going to recognize you out of context. Love one another. And Peter missed it. He got distracted by, by what he wanted to do. He wanted to be with Jesus. Of course he wanted to be with Jesus. I want to be with Jesus. He said, okay, I want to go too. <laughs> and I miss it. I get distracted by the things I want. I get distracted by the things that I'm focused on. And I miss it. A new commission I give to you. Love one another as I have loved you. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. It's a transformational question. What does love require of me? And I'll let Andy Stanley finish the thought with this. He writes, While I'm not always sure what to believe, and while my views on a variety of things continue to mature and change, I almost always know what love requires of me. Jesus, I pray for us. I want us to be like you want us to be. I want us to live like you want us to live, Lord. And that means we love one another. It means we love one another. We love the people who carry the same card we carry, but it means we also love the people who carry a different card. And that's the thing by which those people would know that we're your followers. Lord, what does love require of me today? Help us to ask that question. Help us to bring clarity into our lives as to how we will live by asking, what does love require of me today? Lord, thank you for your great love for us, for all that you've done for us. We offer you our lives again today, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you again for listening. I just want to encourage and remind you again that these are the times that we as Christ followers get to shine and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Rest assured that his promises will never fail us and that he is in control. I would also love to invite you one more time to check out one of our live streams this weekend. We believe that community is important and these live streams are a great way to connect with your family and friends and worship God while we are all at home. Have a great week. Go with God.